0: with resources, the human side of innovation. Hello, and welcome to Human with Resources. I'm Kristen Berry, the new host of the Humans with Resources podcast. On Humans with Resources, a podcast in conjunction with Unusual, we will be discussing the human side of innovation with guests from a global array of organizations. We at Unusual believe, as you do, that organizations must be innovative to stay relevant and succeed in our fast-paced and uncertain world. We also believe that people in the organizations are the key to making that creativity and dynamism happen. So without further ado, I'm really excited to kick off this podcast with my first guest, Jana Henning. I'll read a little bio about Jana. Jana. Jana Henning is the Chief Product Officer at Athleta. An experienced leader in the retail and apparel industry, she has a long tenure with Gap Inc. where she has held leadership positions in merchandising across brands, including Athleta, Old Navy, and Gap. In her current role, Jana leads Athleta's merchandising, design, and supply chain teams. Passionate about retail, the product, the balance of art and science, as she says, and sustainability, Janna oversaw the product development cycle that enabled Athleta to attain B Corp certification in 2017. She ensures Athleta produces garments that are beautiful, technical, and sustainable. An avid runner and outdoor enthusiast, Janna lives in San Francisco with her husband and two children, Philip, who's five, and Adele, who's three. And they just moved to a new home. They love to get outdoors. And she has been in San Francisco for quite some time, although that's not her her place of birth, um, which I know because I'll also share that Jana is my cousin. So I'm really excited to to share this time with her and and learn from her about what she's doing in in leadership, innovation, creativity, and, and leading teams. Um, Jana, welcome.
1: Thanks, Kristen. It's so fun to be here today. I'm really excited about the opportunity.
0: We're thrilled to have you. Um, do you want to add something? So I read you, I read sort of a, a, a brief about you, but a brief, um, intro to you, but share something.
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I, you know, as you said, I have been living in San Francisco for gosh, over 20 years now, and I have a long tenure in the retail and apparel, um, space. You know, I I came to this this portion of the business early um, on in my career, and I always had a really deep passion um, for Mm -hmm. product. So, you know, even as a little girl, I'm somebody you can't tell because it's a podcast, but I'm six feet tall. And so, you know, when (laughs) I was a little girl, I was constantly trying to figure out, can I wear men's clothes? Can I change this? Can I sew this together? So there was just constantly this interest in, you know, clothing. And how do you how do you feel when you put on an outfit for the day? And what are you trying to project? And how do you want to sort of you know, communicate your personality? And so yeah, I was drawn to the apparel and sort of fashion space early on. Um, and I spent uh, multiple years working for the brands that you really mentioned. So Old Navy, right. Gap, I also was at Abercrombie & Fitch, um, really building their business and kind of learning the back and forth of the business. Um, and as you mentioned, I think the fun part, so what merchandising really is, right, is that it's this balance of art and science. And the art is instincts and gut, and the science is data, right? It's okay. um, what is the customer telling you about things? And so that has always been a really great fit for me. Um, and, you know, as, as you stated most recently, um I'm now the chief product officer at Athleta, and I've been at Athleta about eight years. Um, and when I came to Athleta, it was such an awesome opportunity because all of a sudden I was able to balance this art and science and this love of fashion and retail with this love of outdoors and sports. And the idea that really women you know, are empowered by reaching physical goals, right, around Wellness. And so that's sort of where Athleta began. And it's been an incredible journey. We've grown the business, you know, three, four times the size of what it was back in 2000, and, oh gosh, 12 when I joined. Um, and it's just been a great ride. So now, yeah, so the Chief Product Officer. So, what does that mean? We, we, I oversee the design um, and color spaces, uh, design, color, technical, tech packs, which is sort of how the garment is created. Merchandising okay. is, is kind of the hub, um, the center, and, and acts as um, really the the strategic vision of the of the supply chain within the organization. And then there's the supply chain itself, and that's really how the garments okay. are made. So, wow. yeah, that's an idea of sort of my my background.
0: Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And, and knowing you, you are very stylish and I share, you know, sort of that, that, that love of, of, of fashion with you, to be honest. Um, but apart from that, um, I, I think it's, it's really interesting because I hear that this particular job hits a lot of your, your values, you know, with, whether it's, it's women and strength and outdoors and, and, and fashion and, and art. I mean, it sounds like it's it's a job that really, really would make you passionate.
1: Yeah, completely. And you know, Kristen, you are really stylish. I will never forget <laughs> you. In New York. Big, you know, the little yeah. girl from the Midwest goes to visit her very sophisticated sis, cousin in New York. It
0: <laughs> was so so
1: glamorous, so stylish. Um, <laughs> yes. you know, I want to say you really did. You hit on something that's exactly right, and this is something that is core to kind of my belief system. I really believe that brands with purpose will win in the future, Uh, you know, and and I think Athleta has a strong purpose. Um, And when you really think about it, so so let me tell you what that is. So Athleta at the core is about empowering women and girls to reach their limitless potential. Ah, Um, I love that. And I think, you know, why is that important? Well, gosh, there's so many reasons that's important, right? First Mm and foremost is that, you know, if you think about the US and and kind of the role of women, there are only 41 CEOs in the Fortune 500 CEOs right now that are female. So wow. we still, we've made so much progress. Just think about the potential for women to unlock, you know, just economic growth. That in and of right. itself is a huge reason. <laughs> right. Right that, you know, all of the things that are happening from a zeitgeist perspective right now that just demands fair share and and equal respect. Um, But I think, you you know, it's a very powerful brand mission and purpose. And in addition to that, um, I think it really goes hand in hand with our B Corp status. And this is another value I really believe in. So I think, you know, the idea behind B Corp was really that- I was going to ask, yeah, could you say a little bit about what that is? Totally. So the idea behind B Corp is that it's really a new kind of business that balances purpose mm-hmm. and and positive change with profit. Right. So in the past, you think about business as being you know only profit driven, and I think that the the change in dynamic is that in the future you must have values and you must have a purpose that gives back. You know, it can be and across the board, B Corp has many, many different criteria that all businesses have to go through to sort of attain a score, which then achieves that B Corp status. And, you know, for us at Athleta, sustainability has been really at the center of what we've been doing for, you know, the last five, six years. And really, that looks like recycled materials, water savings. Um, but ultimately, the larger goal is to have a positive impact, you know, at, at least that, you know, we want to. The first step is a zero impact, and then actually to give back from an environmental standpoint. Wow. And then the other piece is really around um, pace, and and this is another way of empowering women. But pace is a program that essentially teaches life skills to women, to all of the women that work in our factories and mills across the world. Um, And, you know, that's been a very big deal because it's obviously central to the Athleta's mission of empowering women and girls. Um, But it's also important to recognize that Gap, Inc., I I can say this is for sure for Athleta, 85% of the women, of the workforce is women. So, you know, there's there's also an element when you think about purpose-driven brands and values that it is about being authentic. This is not like marketing jazz hands. It's truly
0: ensuring
1: <laughs> that you're yeah. making a difference in people's lives.
0: And how do you how do you see that show up on your team? The sort of the values, the mission, how do you, how do you see that that impact how you lead and how how people how people show up at work?
1: Yeah, so you know, I think that um, The values that we have at the center of the work we do attracts a lot of incredible talent. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that the business has grown dramatically um, in the last eight years. Uh, And what we've seen is that, you know, some of the key talent from across the industry, whether or not that's design or supply chain or the tech space, they really want to work at Athleta now because mm-hmm. I think, especially with what's because of the values, people understand okay. that this value brands are going to lead the way. Those are going to be the brands that are going to be the most successful, and and people, you know, these values are shared, and it's a it, so you it's almost like. Um, there's a magnetism, right? That when you have the shared values, you get not only the top talent in the industry, because they're interested in what you're doing, because it's kind of white space, right? You're trying to lead in the space. Um, But it's also you end up with people who really do have those shared values. And so I, you know, I think we just have a kick ass team. I mean, I'm so proud of the team that we have. And, you know, one of the things people ask me is, gosh, you've been there for a while, certainly Gap Inc, but Athleta and you know what's incredible is I learn so much from the people that come with just incredible expertise, whether it's from a, you know tech background or runway runway background, or I mean we're we're working with all kinds of different skill sets, and, and so that makes it really fun.
0: Well, that's I mean that's amazing, and and you say you have this great talent in this in this kick-ass team. So tell me a little bit about your your personal leadership style. I mean, how is it that you then? harness all that talent and and motivate and 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 create a creative environment.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because I I had a really good boss who said, you know, you should be hiring people who are more talented than you all the time. That's gotta mm. be your goal. Wow. And I think, you know, that's a super powerful thing to wrap your head around because that can be really intimidating for people, right? Okay. Like okay. in the past, you'd say, wait, I don't want to hire somebody that's more talented than me. You know, <laughs> lose my job? And I think I I really feel like I've embraced that, knowing that everybody has incredible talents, and knowing okay. that you learn right, and and mm-hmm. you have to think about what everybody's bringing to the table, how those personalities play off of each other, and how you stack the talent. I think okay, um, but it's really important from my perspective to make sure that. You know, I'm leading with a, with a very candid, straightforward approach that people feel really comfortable telling the truth. Um, I think, uh, you know, that also happens in large companies that you sort of start to say, oh, gosh, I'm nervous about telling the truth. You know, is that going to impact the way people think about me? But to set um, a tone in terms of the leadership style for, you know, radical candor yeah. and authenticity and honesty mm. All of a sudden then uh, and then hiring incredible talent and all of a sudden sets the stage for a really rich dialogue um, that can can make us as an as a company and as an organization move much faster and do greater things and really are, are able to tap into the strengths that people have. And then a big part of my job is like, what are the obstacles and how can I help remove them and how can we move faster? Because I think as you grow. Um, things just tend to get more complex, so okay. that's another big piece. So, so I heard, um, I heard you saying that
0: you really tried to c- create a culture of candor. I think it's Jack Welch that you know he talked about that, the old, you know former CEO of GE, um, yeah. and and just being really straightforward. And then the radical candor, which is funny because just today I was teaching at the business school and and taught about radical candor and and um, and I'm wondering how it is like you know how do you set that up how do you h- how do you make that the way things are done on your team
1: well I mean I think that uh, <laughs> radical candor can be sort of dangerous sometimes yeah. right mm. you you are direct without actually having the empathy without coming from a place that really is about um, positive intent, mm. then it can be quite a, a hard dynamic. And so I think the first thing that is really important that I really try to lead with and, and encourage my teams to think about it, is, you know, when you're confronted with a problem, especially when it's an interpersonal or know structural problem, you've got to have, you've got to show ep- empathy. You have to think through, right, the context um, of why is the situation that we're in what it is, and I think it's important that you have you assume and you create a culture that people have positive intent that they really are trying to set themselves, their team members, and the organization up for something better than where it is now. And you know, frankly, a lot of us, a lot of what we do is we solve problems. We figure out, you know, how do you make it better? How do you keep thinking about you know better process, better product? better way of working together. So I think it's really important that you set that that um, context and that you lead with empathy.
0: So I love it setting the context of of what we do is is look at problems and we always try to get better. So that it's okay then to give feedback that is about getting better, right? Right,
1: exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, because, uh-huh. and we've got you and we're supportive and we want to and okay. we want to set an environment where people can speak candidly and honestly, because they respect each other and they care about each other. And actually that, you know, if you can't do that, then it's almost a sign that you aren't engaged and that you don't care. Right. Okay. And I think it's really important that, you know, everybody is all in, especially when we're growing at the rate that we're growing. So people need to be hyper engaged. They need to be you know, confident in, in um, their point of view and they need to be able to be forthcoming.
0: Okay, and do you, and do you find that that most people are that they're excited to show up?
1: You know, I think it's interesting because I think as the company has grown, sometimes the business has outgrown people. Right? There, there. This this business, you know, when I started, it was way up in Petaluma, which is sort of a chicken farming town and, you know, <laughs> people would bring their dogs in and everybody would have, it was very loose, right? Okay, and as the, okay. business, uh, as the business grew, you know, mm-hmm. the expectations um, and what's you know, what you needed to generate to actually drive success also changed. And, there's nothing wrong with that. People opt out and say, listen, this is not for me anymore. And that's okay, you know? Okay. And what okay. then happens is that the culture sort of morphs and changes again. You know, I think mm-hmm. this idea of when you're growing at the rate that we're growing, this idea of talent density and maybe having fewer people but more people that are hyper-engaged, I think is a really good one. Okay. And, um, you know, it, it's just an, an interesting thing to consider especially as businesses are growing.
0: And so, yeah, yeah. So if people are hyper-engaged, as you say, um, and there's a safe environment for people to be candid and, and bring their best selves and their ideas, you know, how do you feel that that impacts innovation? Because you are a company that's growing. You are a company that has been bringing out new products. And, and, and in fact, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention the past year we are in a pandemic and, and you've not stopped.
1: Athleta has kept going. Yeah, so you know, we actually we did have our largest year ever this year. So our wow. business, oh my gosh. Uh, it was very very strong. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it, it, I think a big piece of it is the space right that we're in because our assortment is actually fifty percent um, sort of true workout sweatwear, which is super <laughs> comfortable, and the other fifty percent. Yes, it is.
0: is- by the way. <laughs> I'll do a little plug for Athleta. Exactly.
1: Yes. I mean, stretching these fans, it's like I'm <laughs> screwing down my, my denim drawer with dread as we start to come out of the epidemic. Exactly. Um, but I think, um, you know, so we were in an advantageous space when it comes to just comfortable, smart clothing. That's kind of the other 50% mm-hmm. of the business. And so people responded really well. But Frankly, I think that it, I, when you think about innovation, um, we had some great examples of innovation this year. So, you know, I I remember so clearly in the middle of March, we, um, you know, everything came crashing down so quickly and every there was so much uncertainty. Um, but, you know, as we started to discover more about COVID-19, it became very clear that masks were going to be the most important Sort of new category, yeah, for the, and, and potentially for multiple years to come. And our team worked so quickly. I mean, I think bet- between the middle of March, we launched masks on five one. So that's six weeks. Wow. Um, and you know, our masks became a very significant portion of our total business on the year. Wow. Um, we sold millions and millions of masks. <laughs> You know, great feedback from our customers in terms of you know comfortable, comfortable, breathable, um, just easy to wear, soft ear loops. So the team really did a great job of thinking about what are the fabrics, what are the trims, how is she going to use this, um, and we continued to iterate. So we you know came out with three different versions, also for our girls' business, and it, it was just a stellar business for us. And you know that is the most exciting thing that can happen in retail, where you see. From a zeitgeist perspective, from a human perspective, something new, right? And mm-hmm. unfortunately, it was a horrible new thing, but it was still yes. a new dynamic that was impacting culture and that you quickly respond to that um, in order to create something that is of value for your customer and really <laughs> listening to what does your customer need. It's just so much fun. I mean, it, it, you're I just, filling a need.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
1: Exactly. And you were able then, to do it without pausing. <laughs> yeah we really do it without pausing. And I you know, I think I would be remiss to not mention as we think about innovation, you know we really are putting our our core customer in the center of it. She's telling us oftentimes what she wants. You know this year, our we saw searches for sleep go through the roof early in in the days of the pandemic. Um and it was the same thing. You know, she was coming to the site, she was looking for sleep, she was leaving the site. And you know, we we put together a line of sleepwear that was really around you know super lightweight fabrics for um, temperature control, making sure that you're not too warm. Really soft, comfortable things that were great for lounging and and being on Zoom calls at the house, right? (laughs) And and your sweats on the bottom, and Mm -hmm. your sleep bottom. But you know that that line launched in January, and it was just another great example. Um, of of the team really innovating, listening to the customer, and and figuring out how to bring a really premium part product to the market that the, the customer really loves, which is great.
0: I mean, I, I just I just think that's wonderful. And when we talk about resilience in teams, um, I I think it's you, you've hit a couple of the things. It just makes me think, you know, you set up. A safe space where people f- can take risks, psychological safety, if you will. Um, you know this this culture where people can can bring their creativity and their innovation. and then in a time of you know a difficult time adversity, the team is able to
1: act quickly, right That's a sign That's right. of,
0: of a resilient team.
1: That's right. And I think it's also, you know, it's about getting out of the way. So like when we, our mask team, that was a small agile team. It was not, okay, you know the checker approving the checker going all the way up sort of the h- corporate hierarchy that would have made meant that we you know moved really slowly we would have never been able to get after that business you know I think we led the industry which is in terms of getting masks out there in bulk which is part of the reason it was such a good business for us so mm-hmm. I think it really is about empowering the teams finding the right mm-hmm. talent trusting that you know that the execution is going to be great. And, and, you know, being supportive along the way. And I think one of the most important things you can do as a leader is when something fails, right? We have two right. good examples there that were successes, but that doesn't happen all the time, right? Okay. I mean, okay. we had failures this year, it, our accessories business, we keep trying to get it off the ground. It's been a soft business for us for a long time. And it's important to always, you know, get in there and, and support the team and the failures also, because I think, you know, people it's sort of almost become a a, a cliche of, of like move fast, break things, you know, fail fast, <laughs> keep going, that right. type of thing. But I think that's where people, when, when if we link it back to radical candor, that's where you're really worth your weight is when something goes wrong and you can okay. come in and say, okay, I got, we've got this. Like we, I, we're going to lift our entire organization up. We're going to diagnose the problem. We're going to move forward. And I think that's, um, You know, part of the part of what happens is when business is good, you know, you want to keep that humility and that humbleness and that scrappiness. And you (laughs) because you want to keep yourself, you want to keep that bar really high. Keep going. Right. How can I do better? How can I think about next year? How can I further delight the customer when business is, is not so good? It's a great opportunity to re- restart because you all of a sudden get all these clues about what went wrong and how should we like re-strategize and think about going after it again. So, you know, I, I think it's good to to learn from that. So,
0: so what do, what would you say your your a couple of big learnings would be from this past year, or from the failures from this year, or just from the, the challenges?
1: Yeah, you know, I I mean, what I really have learned is that. um, our, our teams are unbelievably capable and mm-hmm. more and more work needs to be pushed down to our team members. That you know, okay. this idea that only the leadership team sort of keep, holds the keys to the kingdom, I think definitely you've you got to make sure for a high functioning organization that's growing that everybody is doing as much as they are capable of doing. And there, you distributed know, you feed, leadership. Feed, those, feed that talent. Yeah. So that's a big one. The, the second one I would say is um, you know, there were a lot of efficiencies in the way that we learned how to work this year. And, you know, because it's um, apparel and it's fashion, there's a, there are lots of opinions, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. is it this shade? Is it cranberry shade of red or is it rose red? <laughs> And that conversation, conversation; those are those are super important conversations, you know. And people's whole jobs are to make sure that rose, rosy red, right? That's a ten million dollar red, but cranberry red, no, you know, that's a two million dollar. That's a markdown red. And so those types of conversations in the past, I think, would have taken a much longer time. And oh. what I would say is, what's interesting is in in this world of um, Zoom and virtual sort of uh, creative processes. I think there were a lot of efficiencies um, in terms of just moving forward. There, There is something that is um, lacking about that phys- being able to physically see a garment or see a color or look at things on models in a group setting, Types that type of thing. So yeah. I think we're going to take some of the tools and the efficiencies we learned this year, but Certainly, looking forward to, especially in the creative space, coming back together.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm hearing that for for real creativity to happen, you still need that that contact. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: That yeah. The of... team, did, team did an incredible. The, the, the product looks so good, and yeah. I, I mean, the team Absolutely. did a job this year. I just think that. You know, I think that we're at Athleta, we are really excited about coming out the other side of this pandemic um, and really thinking about it as a year where we can and uh, move forward from a creativity standpoint. You know, I was talking to our, one of our design leaders the other day and she was saying, I believe there's going to be, you know, sort of a creative renaissance because oh. people are going to get back out in the world. They're going to be so inspired that there is going to be kind of this lull, and then there is going to be an explosion of new ideas, right? And so what we've been talking about a lot is, you know, when what came out of World War One, it was the roaring twenties, right? I mean, it was <laughs> people were partying, they were getting dressed up and there was an explosion of color, and it was like and so I, you know, I just think what we're in store for. And I, I tend to always be very optimistic, but I think what we're in store for is some really inspiring, you know, new ideas, new creativity. I think people that um, that gain their energy from interacting with people are are just going to be fueled um, in the next Wonderful. in the next few years, which is exciting.
0: I I agree with you. You know, I'm I'm laughing thinking of the Roaring Twenties and and masks and wondering if you'll start putting you know beads yeah. and feathers.
1: <laughs> really. we need like a crystal mask, we need a bedazzled mask. Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, could be, it, it could be like a head covering too, right? like culture.
0: exactly, exactly. So so. Jenna, you know, as, as we sort of come towards, to a close, what do you feel like you're most focused on for the future? Um, creativity? Anything else that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think creativity, we talked about innovation. I think invention is super mm. important. What can we do at Athleta? You know, knowing our brand purpose, our brand values that we are about supporting women and girls. What can we do that you know, nobody else can do with our mission and our value platform? And I think um you know we're excited to let creativity fuel that. The well-being space is a huge space. I mean, so many people entering that space, but you know, what is Athletic's role in that? I think is also really exciting. Um and, and we're focused on growing. So there are gonna be new lines of products, there's going to be new choice in the assortment, there are gonna be new, you know, potentially new channels in the world, and so. It, it, I'm excited to see this business grow.
0: Well, I, I think it sounds wonderful, and you know that my suggestion for you in terms of growing is making sure that you start shipping to Europe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Low hanging fruit already.
0: Exactly. Um, I think this is. I think this is just wonderful. I, I love the. I love what I'm hearing about about really living the values that Athleta that Athleta has about what it's like to work in a team with purpose and lead with that intention um, and, and, and how growth really requires humility and, and teamwork.
1: Yeah, totally. It's all about the people, right? It's all in service to the customer, but it's our teams that make it all happen, which is exciting.
0: Well, I'd like to thank you so, so much for giving us your time. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, again, it's really fun. Um, you know, Jenna and I are cousins, but we live very far apart. Uh, she's in San Francisco and I'm in Barcelona. So, um, so this is just a pleasure to get to share this time and collaborate with you.
1: Thank you so much, Kristen. It was really fun. I'm very honored to, to be a guest. <laughs>
0: um, so thank you very much to all of our listeners. This is Humans with Resources, the podcast about the human side of innovation, and it will be coming out on a monthly basis, so please do subscribe to receive the latest episode wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like the show, also take a moment and review us, leave us comments, Um, and check our website with important links from our show. In the show notes, there'll be a biography and a photo of our guest, Jana Henning. Thank you so much, and see you next time on Humans with Resources
1: humans with resources the human side of innovation